0: This is the Ner Persona Podcast, Episode 4. On this episode of the Ner Persona Podcast, we're going to be going over inventions that are absolutely, diabolically terrible. Trying to figure out why were they invented in the first place, why are they so terrible, and what is wrong with their inventors. All of this and more coming up on this episode of the Ner Persona Podcast. Lollipops and gadgets, welcome back to the Nerd Podcast, where today we are going to be discussing terrible inventions that were once made and intended for the public to use to make their lives a whole lot easier. But the problem with all of these is that they do just the opposite. They are questionable in nature um, as to why somebody would buy this product, um, if they bought this product at all. And how exactly are these safe in the first place? So, um, I, you know, before I start this podcast, I want to thank all of my Twitter followers. I posted a poll on Twitter a couple days ago, basically asking um, the fan base, you know, I have five different ideas for the next couple of podcasts that I wanted to do and of these ideas which ones do you guys like the best and um, after about four days of polling um, we decided that terrible inventions would be the next episode so thank you guys so much for voting and uh, it's definitely an episode that I'm excited to produce Um, yeah so let's go on ahead and get started with this Our first invention of the day (laughs) um, answers a question that I have actually had for the longest time. And I didn't actually realize there was an answer to this question until I did research for today's podcast. And that question is, have you ever gone to a, a gas station, right? And there are three different types of gasoline that you can choose from. There is unleaded, there is plus, and there is premium. Now, of those three flavors, I'm going to call it, uh, don't drink gasoline, that's not safe, um, but of these three different types of gasoline, um, why does plus and premium sound like this frou-frou product that you can buy that has no benefits whereas unleaded is like a poor man's gasoline and there's actually an answer to this that's kind of interesting so let's 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 answer the question why is unleaded gasoline a thing it all started back in 1921 um, by a man by the name of thomas midgley jr. He was an inventor that basically celebrated a lot of his inventions, um, but unfortunately, they didn't have very good side effects. Um, so in 1921, while he was working at GM, he basically discovered that there is a tetraethylene lead okay, that you could add to gasoline to prevent a car engine from knocking. Um, sometimes... You know, back in back in those days, they they would have these cars that that would make a sound, um, you know, while they were running, and people didn't necessarily like that. So they added this tetraethylene lead um, to prevent that. He called it ethyl, and so he filed a patent jointly with General Motors, and you know, gas companies started adding this this lead to their gasoline, and it sold incredibly well. Unfortunately, though what started happening is that people were were burning this gasoline and you know when you burn gasoline it creates this this carbon dioxide as well as um, other different fumes that kind of come out of a car now Today's cars, there's really nothing to worry about. There is a device called a catalytic converter that is in your tailpipe assembly, which basically filters out all the toxins before any of the air exits your car. But back in 1921, what was happening is, you know, this gasoline was burning and it was creating carbon dioxide along with this poisonous lead gas. It, it, it was absolutely terrible. So in 1923, Thomas Midgley Jr., the inventor, Um, He actually got lead poisoning himself while he was taking a long vacation to Miami um, to clear his lungs, stating that my lungs have been affected and that is necessary to drop all work and get a large supply of fresh air. By 1924, four people in Dayton, Ohio, at at the plant that produced the gasoline, had actually died. The staff had reportedly threatened to shut the plant down because of these deaths saying that they were depressed to the point of considering giving up the whole tetraethyl lead program, as lead poisoning can cause depression. Five more workers at a New Jersey plant in late 1924 um, figured they were just isolated incidents, but in just two months, lead poisoning contributed to a widespread depression, hallucinations, and five more deaths. So yeah, that is our that is our first really bad invention. Um, and there's a reason why we don't use lead paint anymore. In households they used to you know paint our walls with lead and they used to paint our children's toys with lead and you know what people found is that you know breathing in those fumes while you're living in a house or children who were chewing on their toys would get lead poisoning and could ultimately die from that. Um, so, that's why, you know, when you buy stuff from China, you have to be very careful about the types of paint that are on your dishware and your um, your toys or whatever you're buying from China. Just be very careful. Don't chew on anything um, that has lead paint on it because it's not necessarily good for you. So, that is our first invention. And I think, you know... I don't know, being an engineer myself, I think a lot of times people design these products with the best intentions. And sometimes they have these side effects. But other times, now I'm not saying Thomas Midley Jr. didn't know about this lead poisoning thing, but sometimes there are engineers that know the side effects and there's companies that also know these side effects. And in order to save money, they allow these side effects to happen anyway. But we're not gonna get into corporate espionage in this episode. If you want me to talk about that in another episode, I would be happy to do research for you guys on that. But let's go on to our second invention of the day. You guys remember when you were a little kid and your parents would always see you maybe inside watching TV or playing video games or just playing inside and they would, they'd they come up to you and they'd ask you, hey, you need to go outside and play. And the reason they did that is because they were silently telling you, hey, you're being super annoying right now. You're going to go outside so mommy and daddy can get some quiet time. But in 1930, that was a little bit different. So in the 1930s, um, parents would want their babies, essentially, to get fresh air. This term was basically known as airing, and it was created by Dr. Luther Emmett Holt, who published a book in 1894 uh, titled The Care and Feeding of Children. So he says in his book, quote, fresh air is required to renew and purify the blood, and this is just as necessary for health and growth as proper food. The appetite is improved. The digestion is better, the cheeks become red, and all signs of health are seen. So the thinking behind this was part of a process to toughen up babies and make them have better immune systems to withstand colds. Um, So basically they believed that exposing infants to cold temperatures, both outside and through cold baths, would basically help them to not catch colds as often. Um, So people were always worried about, you know, was there like a great danger um, to taking their children out uh, in this cold air? Uh, Well, as long as it wasn't for a short period of time, it wasn't that big a deal. Um, So, you know, this this invention didn't really take off until the 1930s is what it looks like. They called it the Boggins Window Crib, and it was about 36 inches by 24 inches by 27 inches. And they described it as a admirably adapted for city apartments with an insulated roof that will keep the baby cool enough to build up a cold weather tolerance, even in the summertime. Um, So, you know, once these wire cages started to take off in the 1930s, they actually took off in London of all places. Um, because there was a lot of there was a lot of smog that you know filled the uh, the country from its factories during the Industrial Revolution, and these wire cages were attached to tenant buildings and distributed to members of the Chelsea Baby Club, who essentially lived in these high buildings with apartments that you know were five and six stories up. And they didn't have any garden space or any parks nearby to take their babies to air them out. So um, in order to adhere to that, you know parents would buy um, these wire cages and let them you know let their babies sit outside the window <laughs> uh, for a few minutes at a time. Um, Eleanor Roosevelt actually did something very similar with her child. Uh, so she bought a chicken wire cage in 1906 uh, to hang her baby out the window of their townhouse on East 36th Street um, to her daughter, Anna, and, you know, they, they found that it came with many difficulties raising babies in these environments, um, so that is why in crowded cities they would hang them with these cages outside the window. Um, so, you know, I don't think it's I don't think it's as bad as the the lead gasoline invention. Um, I don't think it's very safe for a baby um, to be exposed to the outside air, I guess, dangling outside of a window. That's just me being me. And I didn't live in the 1930s. so they didn't really have air conditioning at the time, to be fair. And um, I think the only buildings in the 1930s that had air conditioning were movie theaters. And um, I might do an episode on that someday. Um, so, I, you know, I guess I can I can see parents, you know, using these cages. I guess, you know, if it had if it had some really, really good and convincing structural support I would probably consider it if I didn't have AC myself, but I don't know, just if, if you look at a picture of it, it just looks like they've got these two thin bars that are angled down towards the cage to support it, and it looks like the floor is kind of clamped onto the windowsill itself, but other than that, it doesn't look like it has very much structural support, so I don't know how much I would trust it myself, um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting, I don't think I would trust it, probably not that good of an invention, um, But let me know what you guys think about that. So let's go on to invention number three. Invention number three on our list is the Notorious Detachable Dog Sack. This was a product that was invented in 1936. Um... Which basically allowed people to take their dog for a ride, if they wanted to go for a ride, uh, without getting fur all over the interior of their car. Sounds pretty cool, right? Until you hear how this product exactly works. Um, So, I guess in the 1930s, people were notorious for hanging things outside of windows. Um, So... Very similar to the baby cage, it's the detachable dog sack. So this dog sack, you would basically put your your dog inside this pouch, right? Um, and there was a there was a little hole uh, inside the side of this pouch for their head to stick through, and then you would hang this pouch on the outside of the car door, <laughs> um, so that way your dog could experience riding in a car um but their fur wouldn't get inside the car at all um these weren't really sold they didn't really sell that well um because i don't know it that's just that's just really stupid what's the point to this thing there's really no story outside of that i'm having a hard i had a hard time finding any information about this at all um but yeah, I guess people in the 30s just really love hanging stuff outside of other stuff. Um, I did find out that people were having difficulty getting inside their cars because they would hang it on the driver's side of the car so they could check up on their friend, you know, their dog, uh, to see if it was scared or hurt in any way. Um, there also is not. There's not a hole in the side of the bag on the back side. So if your friend, if your dog had to, you know, do his business, I mean, it's gonna be incredibly hard to clean that pouch out. Um, so yeah, definitely not a, not a very good invention. I wish I had a longer story for this one, but unfortunately I do not. I just figured, you know, since we were talking about hanging babies outside of windows, let's talk about hanging dogs outside of car doors. Um, and yeah, I mean, if you got into an accident with this thing, your poor dog is going to be like a pancake. It is not going to turn out well. Yeah. Um, so we're going to kind of jump ahead, um, to our next invention, which was made a little bit more recently. Invention number four, um, is something that you can still, I guess, buy, It is the kitty wig, which is, you know, the name says it all. It's a wig that you put on your cat, which is the dumbest absolute thing I have ever heard in my entire life. If you want to check out this product for yourself, it's on kittywigs.com, and um, they have a video on this website with them explaining kind of what this product is overall, and they kind of demonstrate... They, they try and explain how they get these wigs on these cats in the first place. Um, and just to kind of summarize, they're basically like, you basically grab a cat that will be okay with it. You You have one person hold this cat, and then you have the other person put the wig on as quickly as possible. And then I believe the guy says... And then something magical happens. Their personality comes out. What the frick does that mean? Their personality comes out with a stupid wig? Cats don't want to wear a wig, they just want to be a cat. Leave this leave the poor things alone. My gosh. Now I'm it's the same thing with like dog owners putting like glasses on their dogs. It's like your dog doesn't really want that. Um it's more like the owner wants that, you know, your cat is not, your cat or your dog, they're not accessories, they're animals, okay, and yes, they may be your best friend, but you don't force your best friend to get a terrible tattoo or to change their hairstyle, do you? No, you you let them be their own person, just like you should let a cat be their own person or animal, um... Yeah, and and while you're watching this video, they kind of show you some footage of them putting wigs on the cats. And these cats, they're they just, I don't know, man, they they're just meowing and they're kind of like trying to resist them putting these wigs on because who the heck wants to wear a wig? Like what kind of cat wants to wear a wig? Years of years of evolution and our cats have finally evolved into wearing wigs. Fascinating. Absolutely. Fascinating. Serves no purpose. What a terrible, terrible invention. Um, but if you own a kitty wig, let me know. I'd, I would love to interview you and get a person's perspective on this. I'm trying to find how much these things cost. Okay, so I literally can't find a kitty wig on Amazon like they're advertising on their website. I did find a Halloween cat lion mane costume. So it's a lion mane that you put on your cat and they want $13 for it. Wow. $13. It I guess, you know, I guess if your cat was declawed, it wouldn't be hard to put on, but I don't I don't know. I just don't declaw my cats. I I let them keep their claws. It's more humane that way. Um, but I'm getting off topic. So yeah, terrible invention. Would never buy it. It is not worth $13 to dress your cat up in some stupid wig. Um, Yeah, and don't get me wrong, wigs serve their purposes for humans, but not a cat, not a cat. All right, so we're going to go to invention number five now. Have you ever wanted to go to Hawaii and learn how to hula dance, but you're way too busy, going to your job every day and being a contributing citizen to society, so you haven't found time to go, well, there is a product out there for you um, that will allow you to work out your abs while you're sitting, and it's called the Hawaii Chair. I don't know if you guys have seen this. There are a couple um, channels on YouTube that have talked about this already, but Yeah, go on ahead and just take a listen to their infomercial. Take the work out of your workout, the Hawaii chair. You know, Tamara, the Hawaii chair wasn't designed just for home. I mean, after all, for some of us, at least 40 hours of our week is spent sitting behind a desk at the office. So to see what office workers think of the Hawaii chair, we sent Aaron Lee to work. So basically, how this invention works is it's a chair that has a swiveling butt pad um, that kind of swirls your butt in a circular shape, so that way your abs are getting exercise, I suppose. Um, And yeah, it's, it's just the dumbest product ever. Go on ahead and listen to some of the testimonials that they give during this infomercial. Hi, I'm Erin Lee with Perfect USA, and today we've brought the Hawaii chair to a very busy work environment. Let's get some first-time reactions. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. That feels great on my abs. I can really feel this working. Hawaii chair while answering phones, using the computer, balancing books, or filing paperwork. You can hardly call this work. With the Hawaii chair, it takes the work out of your workday. You know what else takes the work out of your workday? just taking a vacation to Hawaii instead of buying this Hawaii chair. Um, so they're actually, you know, I, I was looking online to see if I could still actually buy this chair because I was genuinely curious um, to see, you know, how much people were charging for this. I did find one. It's on eBay. Uh, they want a $120. For this Hawaii trip, they say cash only. So I, I there's no way I would pay 120 bucks for this thing. I think at most, just to try it out, I would pay maybe 50 bucks. I'm sure I could talk the guy down to it. Um, let me know if you think I should buy it. I don't think I'm going to, um, but you know, maybe if I get up to like, I don't know, maybe someday if this channel grows big, maybe I'd do something like that. Um, yeah, (laughs) the Hawaii chair, um, and there's all, you know, there's always these stupid workout products that always come out and, uh, the Hawaii chair is definitely no exception. Um, there is, there is a YouTube channel that I watch called Chad Tronic and he actually, he actually, uh, reviewed this Hawaii chair and he bought one himself and said like after about 40 minutes, his back started hurting um, just to give you kind of an idea of how bad this chair is, but um, yeah, you can find the infomercial on YouTube to this day if you wanted to check it out for yourself. Absolutely terrible invention. Would probably buy just to try it, but I don't think it's going to work. The thing about these really crappy exercise devices is that you know they they try to convince you that. There's machines out there that you can do quote unquote exercise on without putting any effort into it. But that's not exercise. You're not exerting any force. The machine's exerting all the force for you. So you're not you're not losing weight by swirling around in a chair. I mean, that that's like saying if you ride a roller coaster enough times, well, the roller coaster traveled a mile. So you basically ran a mile. That's not that's not true at all. You didn't do anything. I mean, if I could lose weight riding roller coasters, I would be at Kings Island, Cedar Point, Disneyland, Universal Studios. I'd be there every day, you know, just to lose weight. Um, But unfortunately, that is not how the world works. So um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Terrible Inventions. Maybe someday I'll do a follow-up if I can find more terrible inventions. Let me know what you guys think. Um, The fun doesn't have to end here, though. I also have a YouTube channel that I post videos to, so if you haven't already, go ahead and check that out. And if you like the content, feel free to subscribe. Hit that notification bell to receive notifications every single time I post a brand new video. And um, I would really appreciate it. Feel free to give me more feedback. Um, Follow me on Twitter at NerdPersona if you would like to participate in these polls in the future. I will continue to ask you guys what kinds of podcasts you would like to hear. And you know, I really should start using my Instagram again. I have one, but I haven't used it in a while. Um, But it seems like a lot of people are on Instagram these days. So maybe I'll start using that again so you guys can participate in those polls. Um, But yeah, thank you guys so much for watching. I will see you guys in the next podcast where we are going to talk about black holes, which came in second place in our poll. And I will see you guys next time on the Nerd Persona podcast. Thanks again for listening, guys. Talk to you later. If you can sit, you can get fit. The Hawaii chair.